0: Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kurt. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast.
1: for joining us. Our guest today is artist, actress, and content creator, Catherine LaSalle. Catherine is a graduate of the Tyler School of Art at Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She holds a BFA in painting and drawing with a minor in art history. In 2018, Catherine played Padme Amidala in the Star Wars Theory fan film, Vader Episode One: Shards of the Past. The film became a massive hit on YouTube and today has over 26 million views. Catherine also has a YouTube channel that currently has 31,000 subscribers. Catherine, welcome to Father and Son of Star Wars Podcast.
2: Wow, thank you so much for that introduction. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you both so much for having me.
1: Thank you, we're glad to have you as well. I want to start off by saying, you know, you and I have something in common. We both graduated from Temple University. Hello,
2: let's go. I actually wanted to ask you guys because I was watching your Philly Fan Expo uh, panel and I was like, I have to ask them because I grew up in the Philadelphia area and went to Temple. That's so great. Oh, my goodness. What a small world.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually originally from Brooklyn and I decided that I wanted to go to Temple. So I, I did go to Temple and graduated. And uh, I was living, I lived in Philadelphia, in the Delaware area for quite a, quite a while, then moved back up north to North Jersey. And then just four years ago, my family and I moved back to the Pennsylvania area.
0: Wait, you oh. said, let's go, that reminded me of Dream. Dream? Yeah, <laughs> Dream. Who said, let's go? Dream. All right, let's, go! let's go! Let's go! Who was Dream? Dream Minecraft YouTuber.
1: Oh, Minecraft YouTuber.
0: Okay. Oh, for his <laughs> All right.
1: Yes, we're gonna get in a manhunt. Uh, we're gonna get in a, a I... Minecraft joke.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so great.
1: Keith loves Minecraft. Oh, that's that's fine. <laughs> Maybe you can ask Catherine if she's a fan of Minecraft.
2: Well, do you have you played Minecraft before? I have never played because I'm scared of, there's like monsters in that game, right? Aren't there? Yes, but if you play <laughs> a peaceful mode, there aren't any. Hmm. Oh, there's a peaceful mode. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, no. I have not played, but my uh, fiance's brother is a huge Minecraft fan, so I've heard about it from, from him. All right. yeah, the monsters are kind of creepy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and- you
1: know. Katherine, you say you grew up in the Philadelphia area. What part of Philadelphia did you grow up?
2: I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, I always just everyone from my town says we grew up in Philly because mm-hmm. it's cooler to say that than to say our small town that we where we where we were from. But um, uh, I was on we're on the SEPTA line to get into the city, so I was very close to home going to to Temple. So yeah, I always just kind of cheat and say. Uh, that I, I'm from Philly, but we're really from like, like 30 minutes, 30 minutes out uh, north of Philly. Yes, yeah. we're north yeah. of Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: we we do the same thing. I mean, we don't live that far from the city. You know, we're about 30, 30 minutes <laughs> outside of Philly, but it's a part of the suburbs, the Philly suburbs. So that's what mm-hmm. we live. Yeah. And yes. when you graduated from Tyler, did you move directly to LA from there, from Philly?
2: No. So I was living, I graduated a semester early, So I was going to take that following semester off to just like decompress and figure out what I wanted exactly to do with my life with an art degree, because it's not exactly a typical career path with a kind of set ladder of how to get in, get a job or anything like that. So I was living with my family and then March, 2020 happened and we were all kind of My semester of relaxation turned into like six months of relaxation, not planned uh, with my parents, but it was me, my brother, my younger brother, both my parents, my sister-in-law and my six month old niece at that time, all living under one roof. So that kind of inspired me (laughs) to be like, all right, let's maybe move. (laughs) Like My fiance and I had wanted, we had talked about moving to LA, so that was kind of the force we needed to. Initiate a spontaneous move.
0: <laughs> um, how did your love for art start?
2: Oh, good question. I honestly, I think I was like three years old. I think since truly since I was a toddler, and my parents will attest to this, uh, I have just always been passionate about it. And uh, was torn when I was in high school deciding whether I wanted to pursue fine art or the performing arts because I love acting as well so it was a big decision for me but fine art has always been like my first love in life and I've just always loved painting and drawing and really wanted to get better at it technically so that's when I decided to to go to Tyler to pursue a, a BFA in painting but then I always of course still had the acting bug so that's why we were like We can go to college and then figure it out from there if we want to pursue some acting as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you were nice enough to share some of your artwork with us. Um, So when people are watching our YouTube video, they can see uh, some of your portraits that you provided. But for those who are listening to the podcast, can you describe what type of art that you do and what type of art supplies do you use?
2: Yes. Well, as you explained, I love portraiture. I have always been a huge fan of figure painting, figure drawing portraits. That is just my my muse, I guess. It's my favorite content. Um, and with Star Wars as well, I'm getting more interested in, I didn't really attempt to do any like Star Wars fan art until like, I think it was like 2020 that I made my first Star Wars inspired artwork. And I realized I enjoyed the kind of concept art aspect of it um, and getting to just like create different ideas or different scenes with Star Wars characters. And so, um, so, yeah, that's what I'm kind of gravitating towards now with my exploring my fan art side. But I think my favorite medium has has always been colored pencil, which sounds very like not professional, but um, I mean, I love painting and with watercolors as well. That's been a big favorite of mine, but I always just go back to colored pencils for some reason. I can't explain why, but
1: that's what you're comfortable with, with using. Those are the tools that you're using.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then when you're, uh, when you're drawing with colored pencils, how long does it usually take to do one portrait?
2: Oh, I think it depends on my, (laughs) my levels of patience and dedication, but it can take upwards of 12 hours. Sometimes definitely not all in one sitting. I usually spread it out. I I enjoy that. I definitely love the feeling of knowing that I put hours into a piece. And then when it's finally finished, it's just a great, it's a great feeling.
1: (laughs) And you also mentioned that you also love acting. Um, so, can okay, if you tell us some of the earlier work that you did uh, as far as acting? I think you enjoyed the theater. You do, you enjoy working acting on the theater.
2: Yeah. So when I was in middle school, I uh, I started doing musicals and plays uh, with my middle school theater, and then continued in high school. So that was my introduction to acting was stage productions, uh, which I love so much and. As I mentioned, I then had to decide what I wanted to do when I went to college. And I unfortunately was extremely busy with just my art workload in general that I uh, I wasn't able to really partake in theater at Temple, unfortunately. But then uh, what year was it 2018, rolled around and I uh, sent in just this audition video <laughs> that I thought was just gonna go into the ether and I wasn't gonna hear back from them. but. Uh, and then the rest was history after that. So Shards of the Past was my first time acting on camera for like a, a film or a YouTube production. And it was definitely a different experience from what I was used to with the theater, but it was, it was so much fun. It was a wonderful time.
1: Right, that leads us into the fan film.
2: Yes, so I
0: saw Shards of the Past and I really liked it actually. So you played Padme in the film But how did you hear about it? Why did you pick Padme of all characters?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I have to give credit to my fiance for that one, actually, because I had only been watching Star Wars Theory's videos for maybe about a couple months um, before he sent out those open calls for auditions for the fan film. And it was my fiance who introduced me to his channel. I think the first videos I watched of his were his kind of concept ideas, if he directed, the force awakens or something like that. Uh, and it was, I loved his content and my fiance said, Hey, this guy is planning to do a star Wars film. Like he's funding it himself. He's putting it together. It's going to be about Darth Vader. Like you should totally audition. And we didn't know at that point what the roles were going to be. But when we saw that they were looking for a pad, my fiance was like, okay, you actually really have to do this. <laughs> And I was like, there's no way, like, they wouldn't pick me. I don't even think I look like her. And he was like, You're doing this. You have you have no choice. And so this was during the summertime. And I had a summer job. And I was kind of nervous. And I like was again living with my family. I didn't want to like tape this audition video with all of them like just in the background or like eavesdropping. And it it was coming down to the wire. There was maybe like a week left before the deadline. And we went on a a trip with my boyfriend's family and I was in a hotel room and I had like one hour of privacy. And I was like, this is it. It's now or never because I'm not going to be able to do this anywhere else. So I I filmed uh, the audition and I sent it in and I, again, was completely expecting to not hear, hear anything back at all. Uh, And I was kind of just making peace with that, but I was happy that I at least tried it. Uh, but then we got an email from Danny, the director, and then we all collectively started freaking out. So <laughs> the rest was history after that.
1: So Kathy, I just wanted to ask you a question in regards to Padme Amadala. I understand that your fiance is a Star Wars fan. Are you a Star Wars fan as well?
2: Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. Oh yeah. My brothers and I um loved the movies when we were growing up. I think I was I I was maybe nine when Revenge of the Sith came out. So I I consider myself a prequel, a prequel baby. So yeah, my brothers and I loved the movies growing up. And um, when I started dating my fiance, I learned, oh, he's a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, It was a it's a big deal in his family. And so that kind of I got a little bit more involved with the fandom and a little bit more passionate about the films after we started dating and. We went to see, you know, Force Awakens and when the sequels came out. So, yeah, my passion has definitely kind of skyrocketed. And now is the best time to, like, be a Star Wars fan with all of this this new content. So, yeah.
1: And how did you prepare for the role of Padme? Did you go back and watch the uh, the original trilogy? Not the original trilogy. Did you go back and watch the prequel trilogy? And watch... uh, Yeah.
2: I watched a lot of Padme clips, interviews with Natalie Portman, because I was definitely a little bit uh, cautious about knowing that no matter how I performed, there were going to be people who prefer Natalie Portman, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them at all. (laughs) So I was just trying to get in a headspace of like just understanding and really appreciating the character and Padme has always been one of my favorites so I especially felt the sense of wanting to make sure I I did it right and I had obviously read the script and knew that her scene was going to be the kind of emotional gut punch so and that
0: is why you'll never defeat me (laughs) As long as you let your feelings anchor you, forever shall you remain weaker than I. Always the servant? Always the slave Yang Skywalker?
2: I repeatedly was just like watching Padme's funeral, which sounds terrible, but I was just trying to get in an emotional headspace. And then when we were driving to the airport to fly to LA to film, we were just like blasting you know, duel of the fates and all of the prequel soundtrack right. to, uh, to get excited. Yeah.
0: Okay. So where did you shoot? Well, I mean, we already know where we shot, but how long did it take to finish filming?
2: Yeah. So it was in a studio. It was kind of like this warehouse looking thing from the exterior when we pulled up. Uh, but then we went in and they led us into the room and that was where they had built, the set and it was super super cool when we got when we got in there so yes it filmed in (laughs) Los Angeles and I only had to film for one day Uh, I wish I could have been there longer but um, unfortunately we had some like scheduling that you know I needed to fly back like the next day so literally like we landed in Los Angeles maybe like 3 p.m the day before I filmed we we filmed my scenes and then I was already on a plane that evening going, coming back to Philadelphia, so it was a very quick turnaround. But it was it was a good time.
0: So the film became like a, a YouTube hit, but currently the film has gotten over twenty six million views. So how's it feel to be part of something that
2: big that's been seen so many times? Yeah, it's I sometimes forget, honestly, that I was a part of it uh, because I'm just a fan as well. Like I was excited for it to premiere just because I wanted to see it from a fan perspective, not even considering like that I was in it and a part of it. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's crazy to think it's already I can't do math, but it's 2022. And that was like 2018 when it came out. It's crazy to think how much time. Has passed, but sometimes we'll just go and we'll rewatch it and <laughs> just like reminisce about it. Uh, it was it was definitely definitely awesome to see when it was trending uh, within the first initial few days after it had premiered. It was just like it was mind blowing. Like it, we knew it was going to be hopefully a hit, but uh, was not expecting to make it on the trending page. That was just the coolest experience.
1: And what was the feedback that you received from the viewers or your family or friends? What did they have to say about your performance?
2: Oh, my family threw me this huge surprise party uh, when I got back from the premiere night because we had seen it at the premiere and then it was launching on YouTube the following day. So my family had this huge surprise party for me to watch it when it dropped on YouTube. And I think we were all up. My mom and I were up that night till like four o'clock in the morning, watch, like reading the comments. And we were, we were all just kind of like, just like attached to our phones, looking at what the reception was. Um, But yeah, my family was definitely (laughs) very excited. And now it's kind of become a, uh, a thing that I'm like the big star Wars fan now in the, in the family, whenever they need a gift idea for me, they just get me something star Wars related. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, everyone was so excited. I mean, we're still, we're excited for like episode two. Like it's definitely, uh, definitely become quite the thing in the family.
1: And to repeat, in regards to the type of film that was done, it's called a fan film, which means that unfortunately (laughs) the creators, unfortunately the creators of the film were not able to profit from the film because the property is owned by Lucasfilm. So there was no profit made from creating this film. So all they could do is just upload it to YouTube and get viewership. And I take it that even the actors were not paid anything. Uh, However, because you were in this film that's been seen 26 million times is giving you some recognition.
2: <laughs> yes, Just a we bit were paid. <laughs> yeah. We we did get paid. They did have a budget oh. to pay everyone involved. Oh yeah. Hey. Everyone was uh, getting, getting paid for their time, but oh. um, it was, it, it was interesting because you could tell. So Star Wars theory, when I met him, you know, he, I will say this like till I, till I die. But I fully believe like he was so genuinely just passionate about doing that for the fans. And when I met him on set and was hearing from him and getting to know him a little bit more, like it was so down, so down to earth, so humble about the whole thing. And he truly genuinely just wanted to create something that everyone could enjoy collectively. And he obviously knew he wasn't going to be reaping any YouTube revenue from it, but you could tell that was not even a, a thought in his mind. He could have cared less about that yeah. and really just wanted to create something for the fans. And I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of like the the fan made content. It's, you know, you're not really getting any profit off of it necessarily, but um, clearly it's something that people are still enjoying today. As you said, it's got 26 million views. So that's that in itself was the most rewarding a part of it more than any paycheck I think could have been.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And soon after you created your own YouTube channel. Now, did you create the channel due to the recognition you were getting from being in the fan film or did you have plans to create a YouTube channel prior to?
2: No, I had never thought about making a channel. And um, yeah, it was actually, again, that was a kind of a an idea initiated by my fiance. He was like, we should let's take advantage of this momentum. And you know, this is, this is huge. This is exciting. Why not try it? We didn't even have video ideas. I was like, I don't even know what I would do. We didn't really know if we wanted it to be solely star Wars or we have other passions within, you know, nerdy fandoms. We're huge Lord of the Rings fans. So we were like, what, what even is our content going to be? But uh, yeah, it was definitely just kind of a passion project that we both started after shards of the past came out and now it's become like huge hobby for me a huge passion so again shout out to tom for (laughs) that was his idea again so
1: and can you tell us more about your content on the channel
0: yeah like you've most recently been doing gameplays of every episode of lego star wars the skywalker saga
2: yeah so i think uh it's safe to say my content's stuck in the Star Wars niche. I want to branch out as we're getting some more, you know, the Lord of the Rings series, Game of Thrones series are coming out this year. But um, yes, I think my my bigger videos are my reaction videos, um, which I at first was hesitant to like start filming, but people seem to enjoy them. And I think people just like to see someone else sharing the same level of excitement and like emotions when a trailer or something comes out. So Yeah, reaction videos, gaming has become a new, a big part of the channel, uh, and I have very few sprinkled in. I would like to try to do more, but a few like art time lapses of some of my Star Wars inspired artworks on there as well. So it's kind of a, I don't really, I guess it's, I would categorize it as yes, a Star Wars fan channel, but uh, lots of different types of videos, I guess.
1: And how often are you dropping content on your channel?
2: I definitely need to have more of a schedule. (laughs) I try to stream regularly because that's, we honestly genuinely like, I don't even like to call them subscribers. Like I just call everyone. They're our friends like on the channel who follows. Uh, So we like to just interact with everybody because everyone's so awesome in the Star Wars community that we have. I like to call it our little corner of YouTube Uh, So I try to stream every every week-ish, maybe. I sometimes stray from that. Um, And I would like to try to make more videos. I mean, this was my New Year's resolution, and I haven't really upheld it too much. But I try to not ever go too long without posting a video. Sometimes, sometimes life gets in the way. But uh, I try to do it. I try to keep it regular.
1: That's understandable. And one of the things that you do on your uh, channel, one of the contents that you create is trailer reaction. And you did a trailer reaction to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is coming out next month. Um, you dropped it one month ago and it's already been viewed 100, <laughs> 131,000 times. And we have seen it and I really enjoy it. <laughs> I, I it is so emotional. you like, you know, you're not, Faking it, you know. You're really genuinely being. Um, you, you're 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 listening to the music, and you're you're listening to you're looking at the visuals, and you're you know listening to the dialogue, and you're so into it, and it just, you know, it felt real when I watched your um, your your trailer reaction, right. and you were speechless.
2: I wasn't emotionally ready for this. I wasn't physically ready for this. <sighs> Just, um, that's all. I, um, 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 I, um, mm, um, mm, uh, um, uh, um, um, mm, um, um, I'm not ready for this show. Okay, um, that's it. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, obviously this was freaking everything. I'm gonna go watch this again for the rest of my life. So I wanted <laughs> to
1: ask you, can you describe now how you felt when you saw the trailer for the first time?
2: Oh my gosh, I was... I I was like nauseous I said in the video I was like I'm gonna throw it like so excited that I was physically like I can't believe I can't believe this is happening like when the trailer dropped it kind of hit me like this is we're getting this this is Kenobi like it made it felt real all of a sudden all these months of anticipation years actually like because they announced a long time ago that we would be getting a Kenobi series so all of this (laughs) This long period of waiting and it all kind of just came like rushing over me when the trailer dropped and I really did not <laughs> I truly was not exaggerating I'm thank you for your kind words by the way because a lot of people were like oh she's faking it's oh, that's the fakest reaction I've ever seen and I'm like just let me enjoy Star Wars, okay? <laughs> like let me be a nerd. Um so thank you. I'm I'm glad it came across as real. Uh to some people but I genuinely was like I I'm gonna I just I can't even describe it now (laughs) it was just so overwhelming and honestly that's probably gonna be how I feel when the actual episodes premiere like I can't the emotions I just have so much emotional investment in these characters and again the the anticipation the wait. (laughs) I definitely uh I'm not going to be able to emotionally handle it, but it's it's fine. <laughs> no,
1: I, I completely understand what you're saying. You're right. We've been waiting for years. I think at first,
0: the so the plan tricky. was going
1: to make it into a film,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know I, when Solo came out and things didn't turn out the way mm-hmm. um, as expected, then they decided to move it to Disney Plus, and then there was a start at one point, and then they stopped, and then they had to rewrite the series and. know it didn't really become real for all of us until we actually saw that trailer like wow it's actually happening happening it's coming you know
2: absolutely exactly I'm actually I my fiance might disagree because he's very like oh I want to go and see this in theaters like I want to watch this on the big screen but I'm a little I'm grateful that we're getting like I'm hoping these episodes are at least 45 (sighs) minutes long maybe an hour ideally but you know, a six-episode series with potentially six hours worth of content. Like, I will... I'm very... When it comes to Star Wars, I'm like, I'll just take whatever I can get. So, I, I'll i take it in a film, a series. I just I just want to see... Uh, I just want to see how it unfolds.
0: So, as we wait for Kenobi on May 27th, we figured that we should all talk about our favorite Luan Kenobi moments. So... So it can come from a film, comic book, TV show, whichever.
1: Right. So what we have is, uh, we have three. We listed three. We but three, you yeah. know, we'll we'll see if we can, we'll, we'll, we'll start with one, see how it goes. All right. And so we've each picked out our favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi moments.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. So Catherine, if you would like to start, if you could tell us one of your favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi moments.
2: I think... The first one that came to mind was Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan goes to Padme and is looking for Anakin. And when he discovers or realizes that Anakin is the father, I mean, I think his performance in that scene, you can just tell he's masking so much pain and anguish and he doesn't want to have to do this. Like I, His delivery in that scene really just gives me chills mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the part when he finds out that he is a father. And what was the exact line? I think he said, I'm sorry for you. I'm so sorry. Yes. Power, and he walked out and she knew exactly what that meant, you know? Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. Do you want to go? What's your one of your favorite You want to go
2: first?
1: You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I am an original trilogy fan. Thank you. So I am going to talk about a moment in A New Hope. And this is when, well, I'll, I'll talk about when, well, I was, I'll talk about Obi-Wan's thinking, you know, his, his, what was in his mind, his mind, uh, his thoughts in regards to what he wanted to do, what he wanted Luke to do. Um, So for 19 years, we know that Obi-Wan has been looking over Luke on Tatooine and now here's a moment where he's actually talking to Luke face to face, and he's trying to convince Luke to come with him to Alderaan. He's trying to figure out how am I gonna get Luke off this planet so I can, you know, show him what his purpose is. And when events happen that Luke did decide to go to, um, to Obi-Wan. go with Obi Wan to Alderaan, um, their plans to get to Alderaan failed, unfortunately, because Alderaan. We know what happened to Alderaan. At that point, and I'm thinking that Obi-Wan knew that what this meant was he was going to have to face his former apprentice. Like he's going to have to face Darth Vader again. And he's probably um, thinking in terms of: okay, well, I have a plan of what I want, what I want to do, Obi-Wan, what he wants to do, and what he wants Luke to do. Um, So when he gets to the Death Star, And he is ready to face down Darth Vader and they have that uh, lightsaber battle. Um, I think what Obi-Wan is thinking is that he knows that his life will eventually come to an end. And even before they left for Alderaan, one of the things that uh, Obi-Wan said to Luke is, you know, well, I'm getting too old for this, you know, about <laughs> going to Alderaan and, you know, trying to save the princess. So... Obi-Wan had a plan as to how he wanted to go out. And Mm -hmm. as long as he was able to get Luke to just take him along with him and to be on this journey with him, that Luke will take over when he's gone. So when we had that moment when um, Luke Han and Leia are running out, they're running back to the Falcon, and Luke turns around and he sees Obi-Wan with Darth Vader, and Obi-Wan gives Luke a look, and Luke looks at Obi-Wan, and then Obi-Wan says, you know, he has a smile on his face like he's he's satisfied, like, this is what I wanted. This is this is how I want to go out. And then when he puts up his lightsaber and Vader strikes that final blow, you know, that was it for him. And I, I think that was just... Well, it wasn't it. He's a force hit. Well, right. That's true. <laughs> That's true, physically. Right. And he felt that, and I, I understand that he did that because he thought he could be a better help to Luke being a force ghost rather than being in this physical form. But just the fact that Ben thought about how he wanted his life to end was very poignant. I thought it was just very emotional how that happened. So he had a plan and this was his plan to make sure that Luke had what he needed to go to the next level, to become a Jedi, uh, to learn about the force and to face his father eventually. So that's my story.
2: Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Everybody has got emotional moments so far.
1: What do you have? <laughs> so do this you have?
0: is from a comic. Okay. So this is this mm-hmm. is a Star Wars number twenty when Obi Wan and Black Crescent are fighting. Nice. So like Obi Wan is using the Force to hold Owen, mm-hmm. like Owen Lars, off the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. while he's fighting Black Crescent. Yes. That was like. I thought that was
1: pretty awesome. Now, because it's in the comic books, I don't know if a lot of people have actually read that issue. I don't know, Catherine, if you're a comic book fan.
2: I've seen Star Wars theories videos where he details that exact one you're mentioning. Mm -hmm. Right,
1: right, okay. And he's in a battle with Chrysanthemum and Chrysanthemum is also battling Owen Lars.
0: Yeah, they're all fighting.
1: Right, and then Chrysanthemum actually throws Owen off a cliff.
0: Yeah, and, and Obi Wan is able to suspend him right, right there
1: as he's as
0: fighting,
1: he's with fighting Kersantin. Black Crescent. That was pretty cool. That's so
2: pretty, I take it—you were excited to see Crescent in uh in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's awesome. That's
1: good. All right. So you want you want to do one more? Let's do one more. All one right. more round. Okay. Do yes. you want to start this time? We'll go
0: <laughs> backwards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So my second moment. This one's from the Clone Wars. Uh, season 3, episode 2. So Obi-Wan and General Grievous, they're all fighting. And it's like... I thought that was pretty awesome because it's a heated fight. And Obi-Wan just getting knocked around. But he still manages to overcome Grievous. And keeps fighting. Him. It's like, it takes courage to be able to do that. And, and just... When he comes in, he just delivers this one-liner... And he says, All too easy.
2: Define easy,
0: General. Kenobi. And then starts fighting Grievous. And I'm like, <laughs> oh.
2: Nice. Yeah.
1: That was it. That was cool.
2: That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one.
1: I like that one. Okay. So my moment is from episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And this was on <coughs> Mustafar. And uh, again, another emotional moment, but you know that's that that uh, I, I thought was very memorable, um, and I think it's something that's actually going to haunt Obi-Wan for many years. All right, that's probably something that will be brought up in the series. But when um, right before. Obi-Wan strikes that final blow to Anakin and Anakin is ready to fall into the pit. And how emotional Obi-Wan got when he says, You
0: were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this thing, not join them. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you.
1: You know, just one <clears throat> McGregor's performance in that. You know, like he felt it, like he was so disappointed in what was happening with Anakin, and um, picking up Anakin's lightsaber and walking away. And I'm wondering now if he regret doing that because he, although his his plan was to destroy Anakin, did he maybe have a split second to say, well, you know what, I can't let him go out this way. Like maybe I should save him, and try once again maybe to convince him what he's doing is is not right, um, but he didn't do that, and I think that's that will be a regret for for Obi Wan, um, which will be brought up in, in the series. I think that was a very good moment. Yeah, that's another moment for me. Good. Well, it's a a, a great scene, very emotional scene. I I, I love McGregor's performance in that. Okay.
2: No, I agree with you completely, Kerwin. I'm like, why it felt so out of character that he would have just left Anakin there to suffer. I, I, a part of me believes that he left him alive for a reason or knowingly walked away, you know, knowing he was potentially still, Anakin was still alive. So yeah. I will see how that go, plays out in the Kenobi show, but you're right. I hope we see some of that haunting him in the series. I think my, other favorite i'm gonna go similar to keith with the clone wars i don't have exact episode or season uh, memorized i should have been more prepared but um it is when kenobi confronts maul again and learns that he is alive for the first time uh that moment and uh, here's the line. i can't remember the exact line but he says uh, Oh, that may be so, but I've defeated you before and I can defeat you again. And you can just tell this epic duel is about to ensue. Uh, I love, I mean, that moment as well. Darth Maul is like, I love the two of them. So that entire arc between the two of them for the remainder of uh, the Clone Wars is, I I love it.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. These were good. I mean, I know we can go on and on and talk about
0: (laughs)
2: So um, that
1: would
0: make this episode about <laughs> as long as an Earth Day.
1: Okay. <laughs> Catherine, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you.
2: Thank you guys so much, truly. And thank you for just what you guys do for the, the Star Wars community. When I like discovered your guys, I first found, about, found out about you guys on Twitter and I was like, this looks so amazing. And this is what like the star wars fandom needs because i i don't know about you guys but i think it's it can be hard to avoid some of the negativity in the fandom at times and i feel like what you guys are doing is just exactly it's the positivity and the wholesome content that we need so thank you guys so much for for your channel and just the wholesome energy and love that you bring to the community
1: thank you we appreciate that thank you so much and uh, where can people find you
2: Oh, so you can find me on YouTube. Uh, it's just my name, right? Catherine LaSalle. <laughs> my channel name is Catherine LaSalle. Uh, Instagram is LaSalle 2 uh, And I have a website that has all my other links. If you just want to go there, it's katherinlasalle.com, where I also sell uh, prints of my works if anyone's interested. So, okay.
1: any upcoming projects, anything that you're working on that you could tell us about? <laughs>
2: i actually i do have a film that i am uh filming next month in may it's actually a horror project um which is very exciting um so it's actually the first project that i've booked since i moved to la to pursue acting so i'm incredibly excited about that and hopefully going to celebration at the end of may we'll see i might have some conflicts but i have tickets for now so
1: Okay. <laughs> okay yeah wonderful and then keith where can people find us
0: apple podcast spotify stitcher radio public amazon music audible Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcast
1: yes and we also have a youtube channel so if you're not a subscriber please subscribe uh tell all your friends and family co-workers about our channel we also have a website
0: but That's
1: right. And we're on the socials.
0: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Bonsa Galaxy.
1: Yes. And then we'll put your information, Catherine, in the YouTube description so that they um, have your address as well so they they can uh, look at your artwork and look at your body of work. So Thank you
2: so much. Yeah, absolutely. So we wish you the
1: best. Much success to you.
2: Thank you guys. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you again. So that is it for this episode. Thank you once again to Catherine Sal for being our guest. So until next time, everyone, please take care and we will see you again.